It's always a great privilege to be together in God's presence. Scripture says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 that we should ensure that we do not forsake the gathering together. We should not forsake our gathering together as is the manner of some. Um, so it's, it's becoming uh you know, it, it means that in the days to come and the days we live in, it will become acceptable. It will be in vogue to not gather together. You know, um, and you would see people who would tell you, my faith is of the earth. Religion is personal. Um, my relationship with God is personal. And in fact, the, in fact, they will even tell you that the church is not the building. The building is not the church. We are the church. So there is no. So they won't put emphasis. They won't. They won't see the importance of our gathering. And um, the writer of Hebrew knew that that day would come, and he told them, the same way he's telling us that we should not forsake our gatherings. It is important that we gather. You know, it is very, and, and, and God said, Jesus said that anywhere two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. You know, and we are more than two, we are more than three tonight, and we have no doubt that God is here. You know, the psalmist said, I was so glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our, our coming together, our going is collective. He didn't say, let me go into the house of God. Let us go. It's, so there is something about our journey that is collective, even though there is the individual aspect. Um, you know, and we must always cherish that. We must place premium on gathering with the people of God. Hallelujah. In fact, he said, how can you claim to love God that you cannot see if you don't love your brother that you can see? So that tells me that if we're going to say that we love God, our love for God will manifest in our love for his people. Hallelujah. And you know, when you love when you love his people, you like to gather with his people. 
said by this shall all men know that you are my disciples when you have loved one for another praise God I'm saying all that to say that we must um, cherish our gathering and when we gather God is in our midst praise God and tonight um, by God's grace I intend to just encourage us to, to charge us up I, I think that um, what I have is, is a word of encouragement to, to just, you know, stir up our hearts, stir up devotion, stir up our commitment, you know, to, to stir up and strengthen our resolve for the Lord. Matthew chapter 22, let's read from verse 37. Okay, I've been, so these guys have been they've been asking Jesus um, a couple of questions they actually came you know the religious leaders they actually came to test him you know if you read the previous verses they asked him about Caesar asked him about you know different different issues just to test him um, but when when it looked like or when they saw that he was not falling for their tricks and their and they are nonsensical questions. Um, one of them actually, which who I believe had a genuine concern, actually came and stepped out and asked him. And it was a lawyer. And they asked him a question, testing him and saying, verse 36, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? which is the greatest commandment in the law Jesus said unto him thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind and verse 38 says that is the first and the greatest commandment So, we can as well say this is the entire will of God. This is the entire intention of God. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Some translation says with all your strength. And um, I think that is quite instructive um, because it gives no room for holding back anything it gives no room for holding back anything and um, you know many of us when we got born again I'm sure probably that day or probably many days or many months or years after we have sang the song I surrender I surrender all to thee my blessed savior I surrender but the truth is that day we did not surrender all <laughs> yeah we thought we did and yes to be fair maybe to the extent that we knew we surrendered all 
But as we journey with God, we find out that um, God comes to us again and again and placing demand for surrender. And sometimes we struggle. And, um, you know, God comes again. And you see, God is very patient with us. Hallelujah. God is very patient with us. And he never gives hope on any of us. No matter how many times we fail and falter, God does not give up on us. His love is everlasting. His faith in you, his faith in, in, in what Jesus has done on your behalf is unshaken. Praise God. But we find out that we come to different seasons and different junctions in our lives and um, we see the demand of God upon our lives to surrender. To surrender. And that surrender um, at that point becomes a test of our love. Because um, we profess love for him. But he's coming and he's saying that if you're going to love me the way I want to be loved and the way I demand to be loved it is that you would love me with all your heart with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind all nothing left no holding back all it tells me that the pursuit or our pursuit of the kingdom, our pursuit of God will take away everything from us. Such that um, the only thing we are left with at the end of the day is God himself. It means we must come to a point um, in terms of our commitment, in terms of our desire, in terms of our pursuit, in terms of our longing for God, that nothing is too much to give up. Nothing is too big to give up. Because he wants to be Lord over all. He wants to be sure that there is nothing else that takes our affection. He wants to be sure that there is nothing else that holds um, pride of place in our heart. And he's going to test that love. We saw two Sundays ago with Abraham. He tested his love. Your son. Your only son. Whom you love. He was helping him to qualify it. So that there is no ambiguity. God knew that Abraham loved the guy. So, he took, so your son. Your only son. Whom you love. So he's going to test our love. And may we find strength, may we find grace that at every junction 
when, when that demand comes, we are able to give up our love and show that he is our ultimate love. Because God already demonstrated his own love. He said, we love him not, not because we loved him first, because he loved us first. He was the first lover. He was the one who reached out. He was the one who looked for us when we were not looking for him. He was the one who drew us into his love. Hallelujah. But if we claim that we love him, then he must be number one. Not just number one. He must be the only. In Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4, he said the same thing. He said, Listen, hear who is well. The Lord your God is one. And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And when we are talking about love, we are not just talking of um, it's not just emotions yes emotions are there I mean we are, we are expected to, to show affection we are expected to show desire but much more than that um, our love also talks about our pursuit praise God um, it talks about our pursuit it talks about um it talks about to delight ourselves in the Lord. It talks about God becoming the center of attraction, the, the, the object and the subject of our love, the, the one we behold, the one we, we the one the heart longs for, the one we are able to give everything hope for. Um, I'm sure many of us have been in love. At different points and it's intoxicating sometimes when you are when you are when you are with the one you love the entire world and every other thing just fades away every other thing just has no nothing else is important because you're in the presence of your beloved God wants to see that focus, that, that, that singularity of mind, that, that, that focus, that level of attention and desire for us, from us, such that we do everything just because of him. We do every, everything to please him because to love him is to please him, is to long to please him. To love him is to is to give him pleasure. To love him is to go out of your way to make him happy. Just the same way you do that to your girlfriend or your boyfriend. You, you remember the beginning? You just you want to impress. You just want to impress him. And, and, and we must that, that love must burn again in our hearts. Hallelujah. But there is nothing we are not able to give. You know, it, it reminds me of, of the parable of the kingdom in, in Matthew chapter 13, 44 to 46. 
He said, the kingdom is likened unto a man. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found it and eat, and for joy. Over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Praise God. So this man saw a treasure in a field. He was probably just walking by and saw a treasure in a field. And the first thing he did was to hide the treasure. Then he went back to sell everything he had to buy the field so that he could own the treasure. Verse 45. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls. Who when he had found one. So this man was looking for pearls. But when he found one, just one, just one of great price, he went and sold all he had and bought it. The kingdom is going to place a demand on everything you have, on all that you have. It's going to place a demand. And I hope that at that point, or at different points of decisions in our lives, we are able to make the right choice but you know one of the things that um, is impressive about the scripture is the fact that it, it talks to me about the level of desire that those guys have the level of focus the, the sense of value that they had for the kingdom that when they saw the treasure they knew that this treasure they knew that the treasure was more valuable than everything they had. They were willing to give up everything they had just to possess it. That must become our story. We must, we must come to... God must help us to see the kingdom. He must help us to, to place appropriate value, to have... Um, the right scale of measurement they to have to place premium on the things that he has called important because if if these guys did not have the right value system they wouldn't give up everything they had to buy one pair of great price to buy that treasure hidden in the field Our, our sight must be enhanced. And this, you see, this is why we always pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the highs of our understanding being enlightened that we may know the hope of his calling. Because the, the moment the vision of that hope is born in us, then we are set for flight. The moment the vision of that hope is clear, then nothing else would matter. Our, our race is set because there is something that springs up from the within that would begin to drive us from that day. We, it, it's like Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, scripture says that for the joy set before him, he, he endured the cross. He despised the shame. The cross held no meaning. The pain 
was not enough to stop him. The shame of crucifixion, of being crucified like a common criminal, even though he was the son of God and he was innocent. The shame was not enough. There was a joy set before him. He was seeing the joy. He was seeing the joy. And many of us, oftentimes, we give up. We give up because we are not seeing the joy. We are not seeing the glory. We are not seeing the reward. We are not seeing the hand. We are not seeing the kingdom. Our focus, our eyes are not set like a flint. We are not, we are not seeing well. We have not... We have not come to the place of conviction. So it is easy to drift. It is easy to be distracted. It is easy to compromise. Because we are not seeing the end. Our, our eyes is not set on the glory. Or we don't even understand what the glory is. But when we see the Lord in his beauty, in his glory... That, that understanding, that revelation is going to totally turn around our work. And it is my prayer that that will become our experience. Because there are possibilities in God for us that we have not come into and that we must come into. There are experiences in God ordained for us. There are realities in God ordained for us that we must come into. The, the, the desire of God is that we would come into all of his fullness. And we are just, we are just touching the tip. We are, just, we are just at the beginning. We are just at the beginning. And the journey is far. And because of, of the little, I, I hope we will not be a people that are satisfied with little. Oh, satisfied with little. Because you prayed and somebody was healed of headache and we think that is the end. That is just the beginning. It is introduction. Because this sign shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast Before those guys received the outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost in heart, they were already casting out demons in his name. And he sent them out at a time, two by two, and they came back and, and they were rejoicing. And they said, we healed the sick. Demons left at the mention of your name. He said, do not rejoice because of, he said, rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That was before the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. And the outpouring of the Holy Ghost came and we saw the manifestations of the Spirit and all of that. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied and did all of this. But that was the beginning. And now today we, 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 we blast in tongues and do all that and we feel we, we've, we've seen the... No. That is just the beginning. There are experiences on the Holy Ghost we must come into. There are depths of wisdom. Paul said, I know a man in this, I know a man 40 years ago, whether in the spirit or in the flesh, I cannot tell. But a man was caught up into the third heaven and heard things that are too big for mouth to water. Those are experiences. 
If Paul had those experiences, we can have those experiences. No one that scripture says, eyes have not seen, neither ears have heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men. Minds have not even conceived it. What God has preserved, what God has kept for who? For those who love Him. But these things are revealed to us by the Spirit. Yea, the Spirit that searcheth all things and searcheth the deep things of God. So it takes of the things of God and reveals to us bit by bit and brings us, that, and that is how it brings us into the hall of God. But where is the desire? Where is the passion? Where is the commitment? Where is the sacrifice? Isaiah chapter 55 verse 1. He said we should come to him and buy. Buy. Why did he say? Oh, everyone that thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come. Buy wine and milk without money and without price. How do you buy? He said, why do you spend money for that which is not bread? And your wages for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight itself in abundance. Verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. The sure mercies of David. How many of us want to come to the place of everlasting covenant? He said, come, O you that thirst, come and drink. Come and buy water and buy milk without money, without price. How do you buy without money? What is the mode of exchange in the kingdom? It is your desire. It is your thirst. It is your hunger. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's how you trade in the kingdom. Where is the hunger? Where is the thirst? Where is the love for the Lord? Where is the pursuit? Why? Because the proof of love is pursuit. If you love him, you would pursue after him. You would seek him. If he will see your desperation, that we are desperate for him, that our heart longs for him, and that the proof that our heart longs for him is, is our pursuit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. How much do you want him? And how much of him do you want? What are you willing to give up? How much are you willing to give up? How much are we willing to work? How much are we willing to go with him? We saw those guys in Matthew chapter 13. They gave up everything they had for the treasure. Everything. Everything. The disciples came to him. He said, 
Uh, so, what shall be our gain? Saying that we have left Hall and followed you. How many of us can boldly say we have left Hall to follow him? Because that's a, if, that, if that was the demand upon the early Christians, then that is the demand upon us. The standard has not reduced. The demand has not changed. In fact, maybe because of the time we live in, maybe even much more will be required of us. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. We are not holding anything back. So we must have a proper valuation, a proper estimation of the kingdom. Our willingness to sell all that we have, to give up all that we have. And when I'm talking about all that we have, I'm not just talking about our possessions. I'm talking about our loves, ultimately. I'm talking about our ambitions. I'm talking about the things that matter to us because it must be all in all. It must be the only. It must be, this, it must be the sole, sole love of our lives. Oh, and when we see him, you know, to, to see him is to, is to fall madly in love with him. You will be you will be enraptured. Oh, how, how I pray tonight that our eyes will see him, that would we'll catch just a glimpse of him. That it will not just be words, it will not just be theoretical, it will not just it will not just be mere profession, it would be our experience that we have seen him. John chapter 1 verse 1, Apostle John said, the things we have seen, the things we have touched, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, we have examined, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life, verse 2, the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness. You cannot bear witness when you have not seen. You cannot be a witness of what you have, of what you have not seen. You will be a false witness. I'm praying tonight that our eyes will be opened again to see, to see him. If we have been seeing him, I'm praying that we'll see him clearer than ever. Remember that song. Day by day, dear Lord, for these three things I pray. To see you more clearly, love you more dearly, follow you more nearly, day by day. That must be the cry of our hearts. That must be our desire. He said, we have seen that we, the life was manifested and we have seen and we bear witness. And we declare to you that eternal life 
which was with the father and was revealed to us that which we have seen and heard that is what we are declaring to you why that you may have fellowship with us that you can come into the experience we have come into that you can come into the fellowship we have come into and truly our fellowship is with the father and with his son jesus christ To see him is to, is to be madly in love. And when you are madly in love, there is nowhere you are going again. Even when you stray a bit, you would come back. Because you have, you have, you have touched love. To see him is to love him. I'm praying that the Lord will again stir desire in our heart tonight. But more than ever, we would, we would love Him. Our heart will yearn for you, for Him. We read over and over in, in the book of Songs of Solomon how the Shulamite woman longed for his beloved. And, he, and she sought for him. And sought for him. Even when it was dark. And you know what darkness signifies? When, when things were not rosy. When things were not working. He was still looking for his. She was still looking for her beloved. Then the beloved would come. Appear to her a little bit. And disappear. Just to steer desire. Then she would, she would go after him. Again. And would ask Have you seen my beloved? Have you seen my beloved? Can the Lord become our beloved? Because we are already his beloved. But can he become our beloved? You know, there's a way you can... You know, there's a way that... The person who is your best friend... You are not the person's best friend. <laughs> and that can be painful. I just... I know Razak is my best friend. But I'm not Razak's best friend. <laughs> Hallelujah. And he has another best friend that is, and you are just trying. And the guy is just not giving you, he's not just giving you face. We are his beloved. But can he become our beloved? Because we love other things. And we are sharing him with many other things. And we are sharing him. And we are not giving him attention. And he's jealous. He's a jealous lover. He wants to have all. He wants to have us to himself alone. To himself alone. And you see, this thing I'm saying, it doesn't, I'm not, it doesn't mean that you become perfect. Are you getting me? I'm not talking of sinlessness. I'm talking of a longing of the heart. I'm talking of desire and passion for the Lord that makes him 
the one and only. Such that even when you walk, when you stray, you are, you are running back to your beloved. Such that, oh, you know, to love him is to want to please him. You don't, you don't, you don't, you don't deliberately hurt the people you love. You're doing everything to please. No wonder it says, if you love me, you would keep my commandment. Because that's the proof. You will keep my commandment. Deuteronomy chapter 11 verse 1. Wow. Therefore you shall love the Lord your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his judgment, and his commandments always. So your obedience level is your love level. To the degree that you are obedient is the degree to which you love him. That's the proof of your love. Like I said, demands will come but our hearts must respond in obedience because that's the proof to show that we love him. John chapter 14, let's see verse 15. John 14, 15. John 14, 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Let's see 23 to 24. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. He will keep my word. And my father will love him and would come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. So if we are not keeping his word, we can mouth that we love the Lord. We can say it like the guy in James chapter 2 that we read, if a man says he has faith, so you can say it that you love him, but the proof that you love him is that you're keeping his word. You are keeping, you are a word keeper, you are a keeper, a keeper of commandment. You are walking in obedience and it really doesn't matter anywhere instruction meets you. You are just keeping commandments. And when you are doing that, what you are doing, because his instructions are not, they are not exactly palatable to the flesh. The flesh would rebel. But when, when you are consistent in keeping his word and keeping instructions, what you are doing is you are expiring the flesh. Flesh will expire. It is flesh that wants to revenge. The spirit wants to forgive. It is flesh that lives in bitterness. The flesh forgives. 
Praise God. And we can, we can look at it in many different ways. It is the flesh that causes them that cause you. The Spirit would bless. So, Jesus' instructions are they are not normal to a natural can a natural man or to a carnal believer. They are not normal. They are so they are too difficult for the flesh. How can somebody tell you that if somebody slaps you on one cheek, turn the second cheek? What kind, what kind of what kind of behavior is that? If if somebody wants your cloak, give him your tunic also. Those are not normal. Jesus was, was addressing a hard situation. His instructions will totally transform our hearts and change our experiences. Change, change the kinds of people that we have. Keeping his word can change a naturally angry person. Will just that man will that person will just become soft. Why? He's keeping word. He has been with Jesus. The the horror the the horror of his presence. You know, there's something there's something the horror of his presence does that it just calms you. You are just easily you are you are easily agitated and 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 panicky. And, um, and worried but because you are keeping word and dwelling in his presence peace is just guarding your heart and that's not normal if you love me you would keep my word he who does not love me does not keep my word and, and you know Jesus can be very blunt so if you are not keep if I'm not keeping his word, I don't love him. No matter how much I say it, no matter how much I come to church and attend service, and I'm even a worker and a pastor. Those, those are not the proof. The proof is I'm keeping his word. I'm keeping commandment. I'm 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 living on instruction. So he says, Messiah, don't do it. Yes, sir. Don't go there. Yes, sir. Stay now and pray. Okay, sir. Bless them that curse you. Okay, sir. As I'm doing that, I'm taking on his nature. Because his words are spirit. And they are life. I'm receiving life. I'm gaining life. I'm gaining stature. I'm receiving eternal substances. I'm being decked and decorated in the spirit. I'm becoming more like Jesus. Because that is the end. But you see, Satan will come to test our love. He would come to negotiate our commitment. 
Because he has said we should love him with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. Satan will come and negotiate. I told us earlier that we have places to go in God. There are experiences for us. Specifically unique. Unique to individuals. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter whether you are a pastor or an usher or you are not anything. If you are walking with him, it would bring you into things that your pastor has not come into. If your pastor is not standing in his place. Because he's no respecter of persons. He's not, he's not a respecter of persons. You have the desire. You're given the commitment and the sacrifice. And walking in obedience, oh, you will see the Lord. He would reveal himself. We must strengthen our resolve. Our love must burn again. Our hearts must burn again. I was saying that Satan will try to negotiate our commitment. He will tell us, you don't need to do too much. Nayuki Jesus, take it easy. And many of us are taking it easy. Exodus chapter 8. You remember when God told Moses, Go and meet Pharaoh, let my people go, that they may serve me. And he went to Pharaoh over and over, and Pharaoh refused. Then God began to punish Pharaoh and began to punish Egypt. And in chapter 8, let's go to verse 25. After a particular plague, I think the lies came upon Egypt. Pharaoh came and called for Moses. He said, Then Pharaoh called for Moses and Aaron and said, Go sacrifice to your God in the land. But you know, that was not the instruction. The instruction was that they should go out of Egypt. The instruction to us is come out from among them and be ye separate. That was the instruction. And touch not the unclean things. That's the instruction to us. That was the instruction to Israel. But Pharaoh said, okay, 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 okay. Your God is dealing with me. Okay, let's do it like this. Don't go out. Sacrifice to your God in the land. You can... Just come the way you are. He will accept you the way you are. And that's the truth. But you must not remain the way you are. So, but he accepts anyhow you come, God accepts you. So, there's no need to change. There's no need for transformation. You don't need to be just come like that. Sacrifice to your God in the land. You can even, you know, be living in sin. And as long as you are praying and coming to church, it's okay. Just sacrifice, make your sacrifice in the land. But Moses refused. And Moses said, it is not right to do so. For we will be sacrificing the abomination of Egyptians to the Lord our God. If we sacrifice the abomination of the Egyptians before the, their eyes, then will they not stone us? Verse 27 to 28. We will go three days journey into the wilderness and sacrifice to the Lord our God as he will command us or as he has commanded us. Instructions. So Pharaoh said, I will let you go. Another negotiation. 
that you may sacrifice to the Lord your God in the wilderness. Only you shall not go very far away. And we know this is what Satan whispers to us. Don't go far. Don't be too spiritual. It is not everything that is spirit, spirit. Don't be a fanatic. Don't go far in God. Just stay. Just stay at, at the periphery. Just stay. Just stay in shallow waters. He has accepted you are, you are born again. That's enough. Now you keep Jesus. Don't go far. Just you know, it won't say don't go far, but we'll just, just take it easy. Just take it easy. Why are you carrying Jesus on your head? He's negotiating your commitment. Is negotiating your love. Is negotiating your love. So you too, you'll be doing one leg in, one leg out. You are not sure if you are in today, out tomorrow. You are not exactly. You are sure. You are sure doing the two together. He said, "You can go." So we have released you. Okay, well, you he saved you. You escaped. You are now born again. But don't go far. Don't be lost in God. Don't make him your ultimate love. Just take it easy. Take it easy. Don't go far. But Moses refused. Hallelujah. Exodus, 10, Exodus chapter 10. Let's quickly see 8 to 11 as we try to round up tonight. Pharaoh is still negotiating the same way the world you know Satan would negotiate if he negotiated with Jesus who you be he negotiated with Jesus first he came if you are the son of God turn these stones to bread because you are very hungry and if Jesus was not discerning could have turned stones to bread and stones would have turned to bread actually but would have been in sin because now he's using the, he would have been using the grace of God and the power of God for self aggrandizement to satisfy self and pleasure and not just that it would also mean that he would have been listening and taking instruction from Satan even though he looked normal because he was hungry and he needed to eat and it's a normal thing when you're hungry you chop but where's the source of that instruction then when he failed that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word every word keeping word that proceeds from the mouth of God and when he failed in that scripture says he took him to a high mountain showed him all the glory of the world. Satan has not even taken Satan has not I'm sure he has not taken any of us. He has not shown us the maybe he has shown us us a tiny fraction of the glories of the world. And we have seen and many of us can we can imagine we can project we, 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 we know we know the kind of life you can live if, if, if a hundred million dollars drops into your hand today. 
you you can project a, a, a lifestyle a lifestyle that can fetch you glory you can enter places of glory you can you can be in certain company and in fact i'm sure some of you will not attend the Abba church again i can mention one or two churches you start attending in lagos when the hundred million dollars in fact some people will not even go to church again he has done it he has done for me because because that was where that was the desire of the heart the desire of the heart was not God God was not the love that heart didn't love God the heart loves things loves the things that God can give not himself that heart loves the gift more than the giver and many of us fall into that trap and God has to help us he has to help us because when you don't have it you are praying for it and praying for it and then the moment you get it then that thing becomes a distraction and even the giver now is sidelined Have you seen people that took them a long time to give birth and waited for the Lord for years and when the child comes maybe that was what happened to Abraham and God said that boy that I need him because you need to focus and Abraham got the gist because Hebrews 11 told us that he he, he, he crucified Isaac or he gave up Isaac knowing that God was able to raise him from the dead. So if he is the giver, we can give him back his gifts because we know he can give another. Did we get that? If he is the giver, if he takes away, he can give again. But we get trapped in the gift and we hold on to the gift. You know, it's like you give a child, a, a child, you see, and I, yeah, I think I just mentioned that's that's been childish. You give a child something, maybe you buy a toy gun or a water gun, try and collect that thing from the child. No, I just gave you this thing now. I bought it with my money and gave it to you. We must not be people who love the gift more than the giver. Moses and Aaron were brought again to Pharaoh and he said to, to them, go serve the Lord your God. Who are the, okay, so I'm releasing you guys, but who are the people going? Verse 9. And Moses said, ah, we go with our young and our old, with our sons and daughters, with our flocks and our herds, we will go, for we must hold a feast to the Lord. This was Moses saying, all of us, we are, we, are not, we are not leaving back anything. We are going with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, everything we have. We are loving the Lord with it. We are making a feast to the Lord. My young, our young children, sons and daughters, uh, maids, all of them, we are committed to this feast. We are committed to this 
to this way. Verse 10. Then he said to them, Pharaoh, the Lord had better be with you when I let you and your little ones go. Beware, for evil is ahead of you. Not so. Go now. You who are men, I serve the Lord. For that is what you desired. So he said, see, let the men alone go. Leave the women and the children. Because the wilderness is a dangerous place. Don't expose your children to truth. Don't expose them to spiritual things now. They are, still, they are too young for it. Leave them behind. You okay. Uh, Shebi, you will not sacrifice in the land. You have decided to go far. Go far alone. Don't carry your wives. Don't carry your children along. Leave them. Let them just be watching cartoons. But our commitment is like Joshua and the house of Levi. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I and the children that God has given me, we are for signs and wonders in the land. We are not leaving anything behind. It will tell you, so go alone. Leave your Leave your let her do her thing. Leave your children, they are too small. Why do you want to expose them to this thing at a young age? Leave them. They, are, they will become very, they are, in fact, they are, they are, their friends will not like them. They won't be able to fit in into the world. They won't fit in, no. they won't fit in at school. No. You, can't be, you can't be feeding them with distance now. But Satan is feeding them with dangerous things. Exposing them to songs and, and, and cartoons that are from the depths of hell. And you know it's not, it's not Satan is not censoring what he's exposing our children to. So we have to keep them and we have to expose them to the Lord. He said concerning Concerning Abraham, he said, For I know him, he would command his children after me. I know him. May that be our testimony. And finally, go to verse 24. Because he still went ahead after this to negotiate. 24. Then Pharaoh called Moses and said, Go serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be kept back. Now your little ones can go with you. You, can, you, you see different stages. He was negotiating love and commitment and instruction. Now, okay, okay, okay. Go with your little ones. But leave your flocks behind. Leave your possessions behind. And many of us want to serve God with our mouth, but not with our possessions, not with our money. To pay tithe is struggle. To give offering is struggle. This is not just what this is about, right? But it tells us, it shows, but Moses said, no, you must also give us sacrifice and bond. We must give bond offerings to the Lord. We must love him with our possessions. We must put our money where our mouth is. We will, 
Paul said, I will spend and be spent. You remember the example of one that did not love him with his possession? Ananias and Sapphira. They held back. They held back. It wasn't a big deal, but they lied about it. That they were given their haul when they were not given their haul. Can we, can we love him with our haul? Can we, can we give up our haul? What are you holding back? What is what is the desire? What is what is the desire of your heart that um, that you have elevated above the knowledge of God? Those things must give way. They must give way, and we must surrender them afresh at the foot of the cross because it must be all in all it must be the one and only can we make a fresh commitment to the Lord and trust God for help and mercy again that we would love him with all our heart and we will make room for him with all our soul, with all our strength, that even my labor, my labor, my labor naturally will advance his course, will be, will bring about pleasure and satisfaction to the Lord. Oh, how I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable. So even if I go to work, I go to work and work in a bank as unto the Lord. I'm there fulfilling his desires and bringing pleasure to him. My labor. Wow. Do we have people making fresh commitments to the Lord tonight? Do we have people who are dedicating their hearts? Can, do we have people who is, who is making Him their sole desire? Do we have people who are surrendering afresh tonight? Who are yielding to the Lord afresh? We have people whose sole desire is just to dwell, to dwell in, the, in his presence. Psalm 27, David said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Do we have people who are making such decisions this, tonight? One thing I have desired of the Lord. That one thing I will seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord. And to inquire in his temple. Arrive our throne survives. 
Purify our hearts afresh. He will purify our hearts with his refining fire. In the name of Jesus, he will make our heart a place where he can dwell. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that he will sit upon the throne of our heart. In the name of Jesus, become the object of our love. Become our soul desire. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, can we pray to the Lord again tonight that the Lord will open our eyes to see Him? Because to see Him is to love Him. To see Him is to be madly in love with Him. Lord, we ask again that it would cause us to see You. You would open our eyes to see You. Open the eyes of our heart to see You. We are praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of You. The highs of our understanding been enlightened in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are asking that let the vision of the hope burn in our hearts afresh. Let the vision of the kingdom, let our eyes see you. Let our eyes see you. Let the Lord be magnified in our eyes above the glories of the world, above everything the world has to offer. Above everything that distracts our heart. Above everything, oh God, that competes. Let the Lord be magnified before us. Let the Lord be magnified before us. Above our issues and circumstances. Above everything that weighs us down. Above our habits and pleasures. Let the, let the desire of the Lord be stronger. Stronger than habits and attitude. Stronger, oh God, that, 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 than our complacencies. Let the desire for the Lord rise strong in our hearts. Let our eyes see you. Let the Lord be magnified in our faces. Let the Lord be magnified in our eyes. Let the Lord be big, be big in our eyes. Let the Lord be magnified in our faces. Let our eyes be open to see the Lord. Let the Lord be revealed to us. Let our, let our heart capture the essence of God. 
that our hearts capture the glory of God that our hearts capture the realities of the kingdom the realities of the kingdom so that we can make the sacrifice so that we can give up every other thing let our hearts capture the realities of the kingdom